Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Various Ninjas podcast. Today, in line with Native American Heritage Month, we're talking about current oppression of Native Americans. So my name is Robin, and I am a 12th grade student. My name is Suman, and I'm also a senior. Oh, my name is Craven, I'm a junior. So today we'll be discussing um, the current uh, modern-day oppression of Native Americans, starting with the effects of COVID-19 on Native American groups. Would so as we all know, Sorry. Yeah. Native Americans are disproportionately, even not, not necessarily just on COVID, but reports suggest how Native Americans, because of like their lack of access to a lot of medical facilities, they're a lot more vulnerable. Um, in fact, it's, statistics prove how they have higher rates of obesity, diabetes, asthma, and heart disease. And one of the reasons why um, this is the case um, is also because of the lack of reporting in terms of like census. They, they always classify black, white, Hispanic, Asians, but they never but that, you know, Native American is seldom um, placed in these forms of reporting, which I think is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for uh, within these reservations and typically for people of color, the medical system in the U.S. tends to not be adequate enough and often they suffer, I think, higher rates of urban diseases compared to their white counterparts. Uh, to add on to that, I think another reason why uh, Native Americans are more disproportionately affected is because of like the uh, you know like the century-old the oppression of both like socioeconomic oppression they have uh, endured. Like uh, many many Native Americans, they don't are not you know financially stable and they can't afford like healthcare systems when they contract the virus. And thus, since they can't afford you know like basic needs such as medicine. Uh, they, you know, succumb to their death from the virus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of the issues that come from COVID-19 arise from, like, I think, you know, their treatment in the reservation system. Yeah, I think it is important to look back into history, which we just talked about in the previous podcast, how these Native Americans were historically oppressed and they were forced to flee from their homes their homes where they were, you know, like their homes where they gathered their food or are hunted for animal livestock. And now they're placed in these like isolated reservations. And sometimes it's just very, very difficult for them to like even reach out to people outside of that reservation. And within that reservation that they live in, there aren't a lot of medical facilities. Um, mm-hmm. And uh like i mean education rates within these reservations also tend to be very low as well as like you know the the infrastructure there they tend to be not as well managed the the lack of funding of yeah and aside from i guess we've been focused a lot on the health aspect um even their culture is you know being lost in like the loss of like historically, um, they practice their own beliefs, their own languages. But then now, like ever since you know the American colonists, when they 
the British colonists, when they colonized the U.S., um, English is, you know, obviously the more widespread um, language, and so it's just unfortunate how, like, such a rich culture, like, such a rich, it's not even just one culture, but there's so many different tribes of Native Americans, and how that, you know, I personally don't know a lot about their culture, and I feel like it's just, you know, sad to just, you know, like, not understand them, um, and how how rich and how, how diverse um, their culture is. Oh, to add, to add on to that, like, uh, about their loss of culture, um, I think, like, another factor as to why, you know, the, their you know, traditions are being reduced because uh, the, like, new young adults of Native American heritage, you know, are trying to, you know, are coming to their senses that, you know, they need to have a good education in order to have a better life in the future. Like, they, they need to learn, you know, the English language, the Spanish language in order, you know, to get accepted into colleges and hopefully find a job. And, yeah, that's why many young uh, Native Americans are. I'm like moving out of their, you know, uh, ethnic homes into bigger metropolitan cities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with cultures, I think we need to also recognize that, you know, we kind of group Native Americans together in one branch, but in reality, there, there are several Native American groups and the idea of like, you know, all of them being like Pocahontas or Sacagawea is very, I think it's, it's somewhat uneducated because of the variety of different Native American groups that exist in the U.S. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's definitely a clash between like assimil- like assimilation and like propagating their cultures because I guess to some people when you see Native American, um, there's that connotation that they're somewhat barbaric or like uneducated when in fact like there are Native Americans who are successful and they've they've gone to college, tertiary education, and I think there is a need to like understand and rediscover like their culture. Um, next, I think we should move on to like, you know, how Native American groups have been useful, I think, particularly in the recent 2020 U.S. elections um, in states like Arizona and even um, Wisconsin and Michigan. A lot of the blue areas that like became strongholds in order to make the state democratic typically were reservation areas in areas with high Native American populations. Yeah, I think um, historically and generally a lot of Native Americans vote Democrat, which is expected because of like the idea that um, the Democratic Party is, you know, more, like, I guess, considerate of minorities within the U.S. Um, I I wouldn't see why they would vote Republican um, in this particular election. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good reason to point out why the majority of Native Americans are uh, Democrats is because uh, the Republican Party is not the, uh, I guess, how do I word this? They're not exactly uh, very supportive of ethnic minorities in the United States. yeah, like, well, the Democratic Party are open to, you know, they generally want a more diverse America, which is something that helps the uh, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in the president-elect Biden actually picked a 
Native American representative Deb Haaland for as the first Native American Interior Secretary. So I think, you know, the Democratic Party is giving them that position that they did not have before. Yeah, that's very interesting because if we think about it, Native Americans or the they own, you know, they were the first people of America and so just seeing how they never had a representative um, is is shocking and quite it says a lot about how like their group has been marginalized for so, such a long time and I'm like I guess I'm hopeful and I'm happy that um, with the new administration with Biden I think there are high hopes for America for a new America um, it's compared to the past four years where I guess Trump um, has caused a lot of you know, tumultuous situations yeah, I agree. I hope uh, this, like uh, the the momentum of uh, Native Americans, you know, becoming uh, more of public figures across America, is uh, going to give uh, inspiration to the younger generation. So they, you know, still have that cultural identity of being a Native American instead of, you know, becoming more, I guess, Americanized to fit in with uh, society, which damages like the traditions again of, uh, of the Native Americans. Uh, the next topic we'll be discussing are some of the Native American stereotypes and myths that are, I think, perpetuated even till this date. Like, especially, like, I think a lot of these tend to be very negative and derogatory. Like, you know, we, the, we assume certain things about Native American groups and the places that they live in and what situation they come from compared to what's actually the reality. Yes, um, so... Well, I think a lot of the stereotypes involving with Native Americans is that they live in like, um, in like tents, I guess, in the, uh, in the rural parts of America. And, you know, many people believe this to be true, while this is in fact uh, incredibly false as the majority of a lot of Native Americans tend to live in metropolitan cities across the United States. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, in fact, I think I was just researching right now and a statistic shows that 78% of Native Americans actually live off the reservation. And so I guess I'm also a victim of this whole like stereotype. Um, when we talk a lot about the reservations, um, I think there are like Native Americans within reservations, but at the same time, you know, there aren't, you know, barbaric or they're actually living within cities. And so that's something that I never knew, which I think that that's also the reason why I think it's important to like, stay informed and like not, if, if a person's unsure of something or a fact, it's important to fact check before we like post on social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the most coverage I think representation gets is I remember in the de early Democratic primaries when Elizabeth Warren was running, claims came forward, like, you know, because she had claimed that she had Native American ancestry, but, like, you know, it turns out, through, like, through the DNA testing and all, it was, like, actually 2%. And when we consider, I think, the history of the U.S., the idea that this 2% Native American ancestry may actually come from, you know, like, a very sad actuality, reality, 
so i think you know her championing of herself as like a native american person is quite again uneducated and i think she was doing it mostly to add to her you know democratic status like personally i find it kind of out of place for her to claim that she's native american just like just to please everyone and say that she is part of a diverse background because she is majority white unlike ethnically and i think that if you want to appeal to native americans it should be in terms of like your platforms for them and how you're going to help them right not necessarily just telling people that you are native american even if like you're largely a different ethnicity does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah i understand what you mean yeah um, yeah to move on i guess to a really uh, major current event happening this year uh, many Native Americans have uh, shown support for the Black Lives Matter movement as well um, uh, in order, you know, to to fight for cultural, I guess, appropriation and, uh, um, you know, equality. And I think it's just something that's something really important to note that they also uh, are in the fight for a better America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the Black Lives Matter movement definitely was a milestone in a sense where it was able to harpoon a lot of support, gain, garner a lot of support from not only from like African Americans, but also from Native Americans and minorities. Um, however, I do remember how there's like, a ref- like, I guess a rebuttal to that, how all lives matter, right? And I think now the question is, do we prioritize like improving the lives of African-Americans before other minorities like Native Americans or Asian-Americans in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good thing. I mean, I think with Black Lives Matter, we forget about some of the other minorities that exist within the U.S. that have also been marginalized. Uh, absolutely, I agree with that. And that that's a great question. The uh, governments around the world are probably asking themselves. That's it for this month. We'll see you next month with our December podcast. Thank you so much.